Good evening, Chicago. You're listening to Inspirational Perspective. I'm your host, Emmanuel Leonard, sitting in for Linnell Harris, Chicago's very own life coach, right here on WVON 1690 AM, the talk of Chicago. Inspirational Perspective on your radio is all about murdering mediocrity and living the best life possible. So, as Linnell asks you every Saturday night at 10 p.m. Central Standard Time, are you living the best life possible? If the answer is yes, keep listening. What you listen to on here will keep you on track. If the answer is no, keep listening. What you hear will make you so dissatisfied with that mediocre and toxic lifestyle that you can't help but change. Again, I'm your host, Emmanuel Leonard. I serve as Director of Creative Services for Inspirational Perspective. I'll be sitting in for Linnell this week as Linnell is on vacation. The topic for tonight is inputs, outputs. I've compiled a couple of clips that discuss how what we put into our minds, our inputs, manifest in our lives, our outputs. But before we get into tonight's topic, make sure you follow Linnell on social media. Go to Facebook and like the Facebook page, Inspirational Perspective. You can also follow Linnell on Twitter, Periscope, and Instagram at Linnell Harris. That's L-I-N-A-L Harris. So again, the topic for tonight is inputs, outputs. Last week, we discussed the power of the mind, and I compiled nine clips that from past episodes of Inspirational Perspective where Linnell discussed the power we have if we choose to use our minds intentionally. Tonight, the first clip I'll play will be from the last clip on our last show last week. In that last clip, Linnell talked about how the secret to mastering your mind is your ability to control your inputs and outputs. This clip is from The Secret of Mastering Your Minds that aired on May 28, 2016. So it's all about what you think. You are what you think about. So you might say, okay, Linnell, you're telling me I am what I think about, but what's the secret to mastering my mind? And the secret to mastering your mind is your ability to control your inputs. Your ability to control your inputs. Your inputs influence your thinking. So let me give you an example. If you input sad music, you think sad thoughts, okay? If I start playing some sad lullabies on the radio, some of you all will go back to sad moments where you heard that song before. You know, that's what sad music does. It's an input. And so your ability to control your inputs is your ability to master your mind. If you put something inspirational in your mind, you think inspirational thoughts. That's one of the reasons you guys tune in every Saturday, right? Because... You know, if you come here, you get inspired, you think inspirational thoughts. Hey, and it works the same way for everything. If you input pictures of food, you will think hungry thoughts. You could have just eaten. You could have a full stomach and then see something on television that looks appetizing. You go, man, I could have some of that. Why? Because it's an input. All of a sudden, it hits your brain, and you think, I want some of that. It's the inputs. The secret to mastering your mind is your ability to control your inputs. Your inputs influence your thinking, and what you think about influences your actions. So inputs have more influence than we know. So we're going to really dive into this and examine this idea of inputs slash outputs. The next clip I'm about to play is from the episode, Can You Download Success? Do Inputs Turn Into Outputs? It aired on March 1st, 2014. And in this clip, Linnell talks about how we see through our brain and not our eyes. I chose this clip because it's important to understand how inputs influence our behavior. There is one action or state of doing, all right, not being, state of doing, that we take on more than we take on any other action. And that is the act of seeing, or the doing of vision. I mean, there's nothing that we do more. I mean, think about this, right? From the moment you wake up, your eyes are working. And it's working whether you move. Once those eyelids open, 
whether you move the rest of your body, your eyes are working. Sometimes even working when you sleep with the blinks and, and uh, things that uh, happen in dreaming. But seeing is probably the one thing that we do the most. Now, if you know anything about the human anatomy, you already know that the eye gets a lot of credit that it doesn't deserve. And I talked about this some time ago, but I think for the topic tonight, this really uh, makes sense to bring up and review. Now, we typically say that we see through our eyes, when in essence, we really see through our brains, right? The eye is just a lens. The brain is what interprets all the different signals that the eye is sending. So the eye only serves as a tool to provide the reflective signals of the colors and shapes that the brain then interprets and assigns a rational meaning. All right. So uh, when you see blue, then, you know, it's interpreted as blue. So simply put, it is the brain that sees. Okay. And this is going to be important because, you know, to build uh, on the case here. Now, the eyes then serve as a mirror, right? We can say the eyes serve as a mirror. Now, I do believe that we can all agree that the brain and the mind are synonymous, right? And I, I want to say that because as I talk about the brain every now, you know, I may, I may refer to it as mind, okay? And so let's consider that this is synonymous. So since this is true, would it be correct to imply that instead of our eyes, it is our mind that does the work of seeing. Okay? Now stick with me here, because I'm, I'm getting to a point. And it is the same mind that does all the seeing that also does all the thinking. Right? So you're seeing and you're thinking all within the same mind. Now, you know, for you know any brain experts uh, out there, there's different parts of the brain that we're using, but typically it's all taking place within the brain. All right, so I would have to deduct this then, okay? A great deal of what we think about probably has to do with what we see or what our mind sees. And so a great deal of what we feel has to do with what we think, all right? And I'm weaving this, so stick with me. A great deal of what we do then has to do with what we feel. Now, I'm going to go back. A great deal of what we think has to do with what we see. A great deal of what we feel has to do with what we think. And a great deal of what we do has to do with what we feel. Can you see the correlation? All right. And what we do has everything to do with who we are. And that is our reality, right? So the situation you're in right now, the state that you're currently in, the person that you are, has all been a product of those things. Okay. Well, I'm going to take this one step further and say the eyes are the door to the mind. And I've shared that before, that the eyes are the door to the mind. And if you want to gain or maintain control of your mind, then you must be careful what you let walk in and out of its front door. So you have to be careful what your eyes see because it influences your mind. This clip reminds me of a song I learned when I was a kid where it said, be careful little eyes what you see. Oh, be careful little eyes what you see for the father up above is looking down in love. So be careful little eyes what you see. Parents teach kids little songs like that because they know the value of inputs and they want their children to grow up to be outstanding citizens in the world. This idea of inputs is that when you allow garbage or junk to enter into your mind through your eyes, it has an effect on you more than you know. Your inputs in whatever form they come influence your mind and your mind takes those influences and turns them into action. So tonight we're examining how to be intentional about what inputs enter into our minds so that we can have the type of outputs we want. The next clip aired on November 7th, 2015, and it's from the episode Inputs Outputs. In this clip, Linnell discusses how the environment we're in works as an input. A caller named Mary called in and shared how her family influences her too. 
and how they influences how family influences looks and speech and how they have more influence than we know. This clip is how Linnell used Mary's example to explain how our environment influences our outputs. What about the energy created by our environment? So when we think about inputs, typically I think we always, you know, we always get it into our heads that an input may be something that I see or something that I, I hear or maybe something I can taste or eat with my mouth, right? And it goes into my body. But when was the last time you took inventory of your environment? And I'm going to break this down into a few ways. I'm going to start with people because I think that's where Mary was going. Because our family, they're people, right? And they have an influence over us. Do the people you closely associate with, the places you frequently go, the space in which you live, or the work that you put your hands to complement your aspirations or your goals? Do they complement your potential? So let's take a look at people around you okay and this is what mary was saying and you know thank god for family you know family is a wonderful thing but at the same time family can be challenging i uh i shared a quote on the inspirational mobile messaging earlier this week and the quote came from napoleon hill and what napoleon hill said in the quote is the number one reason people fail in life is because they listen to their friends family and neighbors and so the people in your life have a huge influence on you simply by the environment that they create. Uh, there's a quote by Jim Rohn that I believe deserves some thought. And he says, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And so are you pulling up the average of your five closest acquaintances? And if so, how long will it be before they induce mediocrity on you or pull you down you know when you think about the five people that you're spending most time with you know i think it's uh, earl nightingale that says you can average out the incomes and more than likely that's your income so you know the five people that you're rolling with you average out the incomes are you the richest among them or the poorest among them and if you're the poorest among them good job because more than likely you'll end up in the average area which means you're going to be riding up but if you're the richest among them hmm you might want to think really deeply about why you spend that time with them and where you plan on going. Because do those people necessarily create the road or, or really provide a clear path to where your aspirations and dreams, where you want to go and where you want to be? That's the question. When it comes to people. So that's the first place to look when it comes to environment. The second place to look when it comes to environment is places. And I'm going to quote Napoleon Hill again. But in Napoleon Hill's book, Think and Grow Rich, which I've talked about a lot. And so all I'm saying is check it out. But in Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill states, we begin to see the importance of selecting our environment with the greatest of care. Because environment is the mental feeding ground out of which the food that goes into our minds is extracted. I'm going to say that again. And to begin, so, quote, we begin to see the importance of selecting our environment with the greatest of care. Because environment is the mental feeding ground out of which the food that goes into our mind is extracted, end quote. That's how important your environment and the place you put yourself in is to your ability to move forward because it becomes the mental feeding ground by which the food that goes into your mind is extracted. The third is living space. All right. So I said places, but living space is different. What does your living space say about you? Does it say dirty? Does it say busy? Does it say dusty, sticky, nasty, or disorganized? Or does it say clean? Does it say efficient? Does it say effective, crisp, attractive, and organized? But whatever it says, more than likely, it's playing out in your appearance and behaviors outside of your home. 
because it's difficult to live in a space and think that that space will not have an impact on you. I I just mentioned Earl Nightingale a, a second ago, but there's a quote from Earl Nightingale that basically says, quote, our environment, the world in which we live and work is a mirror of our attitudes and expectations. So what does your living space say? That's an input. Believe it or not, that's an input. What about how you work or where you work? Albert Einstein posed the following question. If a cluttered desk is a sign of a cluttered mind, of what then is an empty desk? And I call this Einstein's riddle. (laughs) And his riddle may not always hold true, but it does have some relevance. I find it fascinating how many people believe they are just too busy to get organized. And these same people always seem perplexed by the way success seems to elude them. And trouble is, they're too busy for success, too. I mean, do you follow what I'm saying? And I've worked with some really talented people, like in my career, in my experience, in different places, really talented people. But often they couldn't get any movement because they were too disorganized. And they always were like, oh, well, I'll get to that or or, I'm going to do this. And they were too busy to get organized. And so these same people, because they were too busy to get organized, in my mind, they were too busy to be successful as well. Because part of your success is being organized and thoughtful and intentional about how you spend your time and what it is that you're doing. So. The takeaway here is inputs, outputs, right? Another way to take stock of your inputs is to consider your environment. Ask yourself this question. Does my environment enable or inhibit me? And depending on the answer, do something about it. So look at your family and friends. Look at your places. Look at your living space. One of my former colleagues told me that she couldn't tell her family that she was in school. If they found out, they would berate her and tell her she would never make it. When they found out she graduated, they didn't congratulate her. Instead, they asked her if she thought she was better than everyone else. How is your family influencing your inputs? Are they challenging you to live the best life possible or are they discouraging you? Your places as inputs. If you're looking for a job, are you networking in the places you want to get a job? Are you around the people who do the type of work you want to do? And your living space, does your living space demand the best for you? Consider how your environmental inputs are affecting you. The next clip is from the episode, Your Mind, Your Strongest Strength, Your Weakest Weakness, Part 2. It aired on February 7, 2015. In this clip, Linnell discusses how we must make sure our inputs are aligned with what we intend our outputs to be. I think a great example I can recall back when I played basketball in high school and college. So organized basketball playing at a high level. And one of the things that my teammates and I would do before a game is we would watch basketball highlights like basketball reels, like just watch Michael Jordan tapes, right, of his different basketball highlights or watch, you know, the top 10 plays in the NBA. But either way, or in in college basketball, but we would watch basketball because we were about to go play a game that required that our mind, our mind state was completely wrapped around the thing that we were going to do. And then we would go perform. This is the idea. Sometimes we expect magic to happen when it comes to our outputs. And we haven't put anything in. A good example is, let's take work. If you really want to increase or accelerate your productivity or what you contribute in the workplace then you have to begin 
creating a diet of productivity and engagement and whatever else you can think of in regards to the work that you do for how you can produce that in the workplace. And so if you say, I'm going to have a phenomenal year this year at work, I'm actually going to, I'm going to do so great, I'm going to be noticed and get promoted. But you haven't bought a book on productivity or a book on how to increase your efficacy for your career. You haven't created a diet and a diet plan to produce that. Then you're no better than an athlete that doesn't practice and work out. I mean, the mind works the same way the body does. Inputs, outputs, inputs, outputs. And I believe this is one of the reasons why we have intentions or we have these things that we want to create, we want to do, but we can't do it because we haven't created the diet for our minds where it can eventually become the output. So I'll say it again. The things I allow to enter my mind through what I see, hear, read, watch, feel, taste, smell, and every other imaginable input eventually serve as a weapon that will either help me or hurt me. Because we supply the weapons based on what we consume. When I hear this clip, I think, what do I want in life and how can I make that a reality? We listened to Linnell talk about investing in your mind last week. Whatever you want in life, are you investing in the type of knowledge or input to get what you want in life? I wanted to be a broadcast professional, for example, so I invested in the knowledge or inputs that can make my dream a reality. The value of that input has given me the expected output I desired. Do you understand how that works? Linnell and his teammates would fill their mind with basketball content, then go on the court with what they learned. They had an output that resulted in their intended output on the basketball court. Inputs, outputs. We have to make sure our inputs are aligned with what we intend our outputs to be. The next clip comes from the living, from Living Life in 3D and Commitment to Success that aired on February 15th, 2014. In this episode, Linnell talks about living life in 3D. Living life in 3D means to dream, design, and do. In this episode, Linnell talks about how we go through this cycle of waking up early for work, then coming home late from work and watching TV to relax. And we repeat this cycle five days a week. In order to change that cycle, you have to change your inputs. In this clip, Linnell discusses how you must change your inputs to change the cycle and see new inputs in your life. The cycle is hard to change. And the only way to change the cycle is to change your inputs, change your inputs so that you can begin producing new outputs. I'm actually working on a speech that the title of it is Want Success Uploaded. Want Success Uploaded. What am I talking about? You got to change your inputs. You want to be motivated to spend that hour uh, doing something fresh and different, maybe going through the dream design and do phase. Well, what's going to inspire you? What's going to motivate you past your tiredness? The inputs. You know, you got to have some inputs. I've mentioned on shows before that, I, you know, I have a motivational playlist. I get tired sometimes. I don't want to necessarily sit down and write a blog. Man, this past Sunday, by the time I, I got done, I'm mentoring other coaches now. By the time I got done spending 12-hour days on Saturday and Sunday, I didn't want to write the blog. I mean, it would have been really nice to just go home and relax. But that's not what I'm up to, right? I've made some commitments. I'm committed to this thing. And so because of that, I have to figure out how to inspire myself. What are my motivational factors? I mean, if you look at my playlist, I got all kinds of stuff. The morning playlist, the motivational playlist. I even have street inspiration, all right? All the hip-hop songs out there where they're saying, get it. Get up, get yours, okay? Hey, if you know, all right, then if the regular melodious motivation isn't working, then let's put some street inspiration on. Whatever it takes, I need to get something done, okay? All right, so with that in mind, 
I have a few ways for you to slip new inputs into your already hectic days. All right. So if you have notes or you writing this down, you definitely want to write this down. If not, this will be on the blog. But first, all right. Hey, get showered and dressed to the most uplifting, inspirational music you have on your iPod. Create a playlist. Inspirational, uplifting music. Okay. Music is powerful. And that's why you want to be careful what you listen to. Again, hey, whatever you upload, whatever input you put in, it's going to be an output. All right. For every action, there's a reaction. You have to control these things. Control what you put in front of your eyes. Control what you put in your ears because it will have an impact on you, an impact on your mood, an impact on how you feel. And you can be the master of that by being careful what the inputs are. I'm just saying. And here's another one. Instead of listening to the news, which only perpetuates the past and only perpetuates the present, instead of listening to that on your morning commute, listen to that self-development improvement book that you don't have time to read. Listen to it in audio while you drive. And now I know somebody's like, well, then how am I going to get my news? Oh, you'll get the news at the water cooler or at the coffee carafe as soon as you get to work. Whatever you miss, they're going to be talking about. And you know it. Get your news from them. Okay. Now, during lunch, step away from everyone, maybe 10 minutes, and just dream. Dream about the life that you want. And that's so I'm saying it. Daydream. Okay. But dream about that life. And then, you know, write down the little dreams you have. If you don't have time to dream at home, create that time. On your commute home, listen to your favorite tunes or chat with an old friend. All right. But, you know, do something that's not going to have you riled up and just tired and exhausted by the time you get out of traffic. You can recreate the energy in your space in that car. Period. You know, all too often, a lot of us are at effect at everything that's going on around us instead of being at cause and creating the space We want to have. Yeah. The reality of the matter is there is a lot of traffic. We live in Chicago, but you can recreate your space and make it exactly what you want it to be. So let that re-energize you so your family gets a better you when you show up and you're not worried about all the crises uh, over in the Middle East. All right. Before bed, reflect on that dream you had at lunch. Maybe you should put the dream on paper or you're going to be at choice. Should I put the dream on paper or should I watch television? And you will be at choice. I'm going to tell you this. If you put it on paper, well, that's the beginning of design. And you're on your way to living life in 3D. But if you watch television, ah, well, so much for that dream. Uh, That one just kind of dissipated and went up in smoke. And, you know, remember this. Time is dealt equally to each of us. No one is exempt from time's fleeting reality. You know, the president of the United States gets the same amount of time as any derelict wandering the streets of Washington, D.C. You know, we all get the same 24-hour days. It's what we do with that time that differentiates us. So choose to live your life in 3D. Dream, design, and then go do. And I can guarantee you the result will be a better you. Take the time to think about your morning ritual. Linnell gave some great suggestions. What do you think will work for you? Do you want to see changes in your life? Change your inputs throughout the day? And we'll come back to this later on in the show where Linnell dives deeper on this topic. So stay tuned. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Inspirational Perspective on WVON 1690 AM, The Talk of Chicago. I'm your host, Emmanuel Leonard, Director of Creative Services for Inspirational Perspectives, sitting in for Lonell Harris. Tonight, we're thinking about inputs and outputs. I've compiled clips from different episodes of Inspirational Perspective, where Lonell discussed how inputs affect our outputs. This next clip is from the episode, The Information Age, Part 3, which aired September 6, 2014. In that episode, Lonell discussed five ways to successfully manage your media. In this clip, he talks about one of the ways to do that, and that's by finding a media mentor. Let's listen in. Number three, find a media mentor. All right? Find a media mentor. So what do I mean? Think about this. How much time 
do you think Oprah Winfrey spends listening to Beyonce knows? And I know I'm about to hit on something here, okay? But how much time, because we, we aspire to her, or, you know, she's somebody that we can look up to in the African-American community because of what she's accomplished, all right? And so when you look at someone like that and you say, hey, I want to ball out like that, I want to have swag like that, then that means you might want to, you might have to do some of the things they do. So I'm asking you, how much time do you think Oprah Winfrey spends listening to Beyonce knows? Now, she might check out a song or two. And she's even been on the show, right, back when Oprah had the show. But you can be for sure that she's not listening to Beyonce all day long. (laughs) And you might say, Linnell, how do you know that? I know this because of her output. I know this because of her output. If all she listened to was Beyonce, then all she would talk about would be Beyonce. Mm. So I might just hit on somebody. Because if that's all you talk about, then that's all you're doing. Uh, Beyonce living her life. What you going to do? I'm just I'm just asking. It's that simple. Tell me your inputs and I can predict your outputs. It's that simple. Okay. a few years ago, I downloaded a bunch of Earl Nightingale talks on success and I listen to his talks every day. I listen on the way to work. I listened to his talks on the way home from work, and then I would listen to his talks at home. I made Earl Nightingale my media mentor purposely because I wanted to know everything he had to say about success. What do you want to know? And who should be your media mentor? Like, think about it that way. And so if you want to know how to do something in particular, then who are you watching in the media Or who's your media mentor that you're going to learn from? Like, make this work for you. Make this information age work for you. Make the fact that we're all connected work for you. And make them your media mentor. Earl Nightingale, I mean, he's back from the 50s and 60s. But I've learned a whole lot from that cat. And the same thing, I can go down the name. Zig Ziglar, Jim Rohn, Les Brown. (laughs) You know, all these guys. I haven't met them, but they're my mentors nonetheless. Right? Napoleon Hill, I can go through the list. So who's your mentor? You know, set it up where you can learn from them. So who is your media mentor? Is Beyonce your media mentor? Make sure you're learning from whom you want to learn from. It's about controlling your inputs. You are in control of what comes into your mind. I was watching a clip of former President George W. Bush on the Jimmy Kimmel Live show, and Jimmy Kimmel asked the former president, Did you know Beyonce is pregnant? Did you know she was married? Do you know whom she's married to? And you know what the former president answer was? No, no, and no. That's because that's not his priority. Even after he left office, Beyonce is not his media mentor. Who is your media mentor? What is your priority? Who do you want to learn from? This next clip is from the episode Inputs, Outputs, Part 2, The Mind, that aired October 18th, 2014. In this clip, Linnell talks about how deep-rooted inputs can have an effect on us later on in life without us realizing it. I'm at Walgreens, and I'm standing in the checkout line. I'm at the Walgreens in my neighborhood, and I'm, I'm trying to buy a few things for the house, or maybe it was a prescription, I can't remember. And I noticed this interesting exchange between... The, the cashier, female cashier, and this gentleman. And basically, this is what went down. The gentleman in front of her was completing his transaction with the cashier. And as she handed him his receipt, she began explaining the survey option at the bottom. And you guys have seen this before, right? She shared with him that he would have a chance to win $3,000 by completing the survey at the bottom based on, you know, customer service and his experience at Walgreens. And with barely any knowledge of her explanation, and her apparent optimism, this gentleman took his receipt and muttered under his breath, there is no way I would ever win $3,000. Now, I've told this story before, and I share with you that when I heard that, it struck me as odd. Because when I heard the cashier shared a $3,000 opportunity, my reaction was quite different. I began to think to myself, now check that out. 
if I take time to fill out this survey, I could win $3,000. Like, hmm, what could I do with $3,000? Man, I need to may start making time to fill out these kind of surveys. You know, like, I, I mean, I, that's how I started processing it, okay? And the gentleman in front of me handled it completely different. Like, oh, that's all right, I'll never win. And so I, I watched him as he walked out the store, and I noticed that his countenance was defeated. You know, his face looked grim. And he basically had the reflection of defeat in his very body language. And immediately I, I felt this deep sorrow for him. And my sorrow for him came because I knew that unless his attitude and belief system shifted, he would go on losing more than just survey sweepstakes. Uh, but he would go on losing at this game called life. And he will go on losing, not because he's a loser, but because he lacks the belief that he can win. Now, you may be asking, all right, what does this have to do with inputs and outputs, Linnell? Well, let me ask you a couple of questions. Because our inputs, in a lot of way, dictate our outputs. And there are inputs that we've taken over a long time or years ago that still impact us today that we haven't dealt with. Okay. And so my questions are this, do you really believe, really believe that you can win? And the second question is, do you see yourself as a winner? And if the answers to those questions are no, Consider that it's not you that's answering the question, but it is the calculation that you're arriving at based on inputs that have settled deep inside you. Okay. And that is why the output is no. Now, there are some of us who actually believe that we can win. However, the input is inside of us to translate the actions that we take as no, right? So you have an idea, and you, but you don't ever do anything with the idea. You get stuck. Fear kind of gets you stuck. It takes over. And so there's a mental belief, but the ability for that input or that belief to translate into an output, it runs into something else that's there, and so that never happens. Now, here's the deal. With every new day, and the experience these passing days bring, I am beginning to really understand the importance of viewing life through the lens of possibility and abundance versus the lens of deficiency and scarcity. Okay. How can you win if you're unwilling to play the game? And a lot of us are unwilling to play the game. Like we're just in it. I've talked about it before last week, surviving isn't playing the game to win. That's playing the game to survive. There's a difference. Playing the game to win is coming at life with the lens of possibility and abundance. Okay? So how can you get better if you're unwilling to hear a critic's feedback? Or how can you get better if you're unwilling to take a deep look at how you view life? And the question really is, what lens are you using to view your life? What lens are you using? Are you waking up every day with the expectation to win? Every day. Like every day you wake up, you expect to win. You expect to deliver a great presentation. You expect to deliver excellent work. You expect to make traction in your life that you spend the 24 hours of that day, it will get you further. Like you're on a journey. You're higher up the hill you're higher up the mountain, etc. Are you demanding that life pay you a full salary of happiness, fulfillment, and personal contentment? Because if you're not, if you're not, this is a good time to take a look at what's going on with your inputs, not just today, but inputs that may have created something from a long time ago. Deep-rooted inputs 
affect us today that keep us from believing we can win, that keep us from reaching our highest potential, and that keep us from living the best life possible? Do you know what those inputs are in your life? How can you squash those negative inputs of the past to live the best life possible today? Consider them, examine them, and begin filling your mind with positive inputs so that you can have a winner mentality. This next clip is from the episode Success Versus Time that aired on December 20th, 2014. In this clip, Linnell shares several ways you can slip new inputs into your day. We briefly talked about this earlier in the, in the show, but in this episode, Lino breaks it down further. I'm going to share a few ways to slip new inputs into your already hectic days. All right. So the, here are a couple of recipes for putting new inputs into your day. All right. Because believe it or not, this is how things begin to seep out in your actions and your outputs that allow you to do things differently in the short period of time that you have to differentiate yourself in regards to living out your dreams, your aspirations and goals. Okay. Now the first input or the first tactic that you could take on in regards to putting in new inputs is listening to inspirational music. Okay. Music is huge. I talked to the young man at Kenwood on Thursday. They got some new song out by OT Genesis or Genesis or Genesis or whatever this guy's name is. Somebody listening knows who I'm talking about. And the song is, I love the cocoa. I love the cocoa. He says this over and over again. And when he's talking about cocoa, he's talking about drugs. Okay. And then there's one part of the song. He starts talking about 36 for a kilo. That's a brick. Miss my free throw. That's the reason I shared it with the boys because they understand the whole free throw thing. But that's garbage. That's straight garbage. And if you put that in your head, you cannot expect to somehow get out on the back end, whether it's hours later, a day later, a week later what it is that you want to get out. Like that's got to come out of you somewhere. <laughs> it's got to come out of you somewhere. And the thing is we get caught up in it because the feeling that the beat gives us, but what is it actually producing? Cause it's producing something somewhere. So this is why I say, listen to inspirational music whenever you can. All right. Create a playlist. I got a playlist on Spotify. You can follow that. Check that out. It's a morning playlist, but where do you do this? For me, I do it when I wake up, you know, get showered when I'm getting dressed, just listening to uplifting and inspirational music on the iPod, the iPhone or you know, your Samsung Galaxy, whatever it is that you carry. But you can create a playlist and do what it be. You can do that. But it's the input. If you know you want to take life to the next level, then listening to music that talks about taking things to the next level will actually help you produce the output of taking things to the next level. Like, <laughs> as human beings, we are really just a conduit. And because we're a conduit, everything that we expose ourselves to has some type of repercussion on us and how we deliver or do the things that we do. So that's number one. And I'm giving you some real nice tactical hints, okay, in regards to inputs. The second one, instead of listening to the news, which only perpetuates the past and the present, all right, and typically is not uplifting, instead of listening to the news on your morning commute, listen to that self-development or improvement book you don't have time to read um, in audio while you drive. You know, that could be one of the things you could say, hey, well, I want to read more books in 2015. And you just don't have the time normally. Well, how can you do it differently? Do differently. One of the ways is to get creative and just 
listen to the audio book on the way to work. Maybe you listen to it at lunch. Maybe you listen to it on the way home. Whatever it is, like how do you set your space up to begin to go after the things you want to go after and maybe some untraditional ways, okay? And again, the audio book is an input. And so what you're putting in your mind, what you're putting in your head will have an output, okay? All right, number three, during lunch, step away from everyone for about 10 minutes and just dream. Just dream. Because if, you know, if you do have children and, you know, you got a lot of people in the house, you you leave the house and it's, you know, basically a race to get out in the morning and get everyone to school or whatever it may be. And then you get to work and you're kind of running, running, running. And then, of course, by the time you get home, you're running back. You got to stop at the grocery store. You got to do with all these things. You got to cook, clean. There's no time to dream. And I can't tell you how often I encounter new clients who are really talented people and have done some amazing things. And they're not present to the purpose. They're not present to what it is that they really want to do. And part of the reason for that is they haven't taken the time to just dream and get present to their own passion. And what what use is living life if you're not present to what makes you feel alive? So take the time to dream. That's one of the cool things about being a child is the dreaming is somewhere that gets completely pressed out of us, completely pressed out of us as we grow older. So take yourself back again. The dreams you have are mental inputs. You actually create them in your mind and you implant them in your mind and they do create outputs. So be careful what you're dreaming about. okay? because there will be an output. (laughs) All right. So that was number three. Number four is on your commute home. Listen to your favorite tunes. And this is all about switching up the mood okay because you might have had a tough day at work you know something may not have gone so well or you might be stressed out and this is an opportunity to switch your mood you own your attitude nobody else owns your attitude you know it may feel like it sometimes but they don't you do you get to switch it up just because you feel bad right now doesn't mean you have to feel bad 60 seconds from now You can switch your attitude. That really is what ontological coaching is about. It's about attitude and perception. That's the work that I do. So listen to your favorite tunes or maybe call up an old friend that you normally don't get the opportunity to talk to. But do something that really energizes you. So your family gets the better part of you, the best part of you versus the you that is worried about all the crises that are going on. In our communities, uh, within the social, uh, the social situations that the United States are currently dealing with, the crisis in the Middle East, all the different things that are going on, you know, all those inputs will have, it will suck your energy. It will drain you dry. Now, you want to stay informed. Don't get me wrong, but there's ways to stay informed and there's ways to adjust your attitude. You pick, you pick what there is that you need okay so that's number four number five before bed reflect on that dream you had at lunch and put that dream down on paper all right and here's here's the big question if you had a dream if you had a thought at lunch that you you put down maybe you wrote it down on your phone do you relax by toying with the dream what's the the children are asleep or you're kind of in that unwinding time or do you watch television? Do you just turn on the TV and kind of blah? Like, which one is it? So should you put that dream on paper or should you watch television? Again, this is your opportunity to do something differently because if you put it on paper, well, and when I say it, the dream, if you put the dream on paper, That's the beginning of design. If you remember, I said live your life in 3D. First, you dream. Second, you design. 
and in third you do living life in 3d okay and if you watch tv well so much for the dream more than likely you won't get back to it okay so these are some easy ways to slip some new inputs into your day personally for me i could listen to less news with all that's going on in the world i don't need that to damper my day and keep me from living the best life possible the next clip is from the episode Effective and Intentional Leadership that aired on September 13, 2014. In this clip, Linnell discusses something he learned from a recent leadership summit he attended. Real quick, a gentleman named Don Flo. He's the chairman and CEO at Flow Companies. He's an entrepreneur, a businessman, and he gave up an acronym that I want to share with you guys. And the acronym is SERVE, all right? So it's S-E-R-V-E. And what he said is the S stands for show respect. The E stands for earn trust. The R stands for reach for perfection. The V stands for value input. And the E stands for energize others. Again, we're talking about leaders, right? So he said that serve is the way they evaluate the leaders in their organization. So what kind of leader are you? Are you a servant leader or a leader that serves, a leader that shows respect, earns trust, reaches for perfection, values the input of others, and energizes others. And valuing input is huge because that's how you get engagement. And, by the way, none of us is as smart as all of us. That's not mine. I stole it. I think it's Helen Keller. (laughs) But none of us is as smart as all of us. And so if you're not getting input or if you're not valuing input, then uh, (laughs) you're probably not running a, a highly engaged team. Thanks for listening to Inspirational Perspective on WVON 1690 AM, The Talk of Chicago.